Hello and welcome to another episode of the Small Town Tourist Podcast, where we experience and explore everything that makes small towns great. I'm your host, Abby, and today we are deep diving into something that I absolutely love, and that is vinyl records. We are hanging out with Aaliyah from Indie Earth Records based out of Buffalo, Minnesota. I have been a vinyl collector for over a decade now. My collection just keeps growing and growing and growing and it's consuming my basement, but I'm totally cool with that. I love physically owning your albums and your music collection and Aaliyah has just such a great personality. She's just got this great vibe about her and she's celebrating being just over a year in business in Buffalo and I'm so excited to help share her story on this podcast and talk more about the upcoming Record Store Day Black Friday event that her record store is participating in. So please be sure to check out Indie Earth Records in Buffalo. You can shop online. You can shop in person. I have all of her socials, all of her accounts linked down in the show notes below and enjoy our time hanging out with Aaliyah. She is a ray of sunshine. You're going to love her. So whenever you're ready, start with your name, where you're from, and what you do. All right. Well, my name is Aaliyah Tucker. I am located in Buffalo, Minnesota, and I own Indie Earth. Which is so cool. I've, <laughs> I've been following you on TikTok for a while now, and I am so glad that when I reached out yesterday, you're like, yeah, sure, let's do this. <laughs> I just think things like this are so much fun. Well, and it's just so cool because your logo was initially what caught my attention because it's plants, crystals, and records, three things that I love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not the most common uh, collection of things in one store, but I I think it works. I think it's so cool that it's in Buffalo, too. I'm up in St. Cloud, so a short drive away. Amazing. (laughs) So how did Indie Earth come about? How did you come up with a plants, crystals, and record store? (laughs) (laughs) Well, genuinely, what happened was the space became available, and I was able to know about it like before it became publicly available and so me and my family were sitting around we're like oh what would we what would we want to see in buffalo and obviously i was like well we don't have any like houseplant stores and we definitely don't have a record shop so those were like my main two inspirations and then uh, the crystals just sort of fell in after that and we were kind of like joking around about it and then i was like what if i just did that though and they were like okay and so that's what i did (laughs) Do you come from a family of business people, entrepreneurs, or are you kind of the first? No, definitely the vast majority of us are. So my mom owns a uh, furniture shop here in Buffalo as well. And then my dad does independent contract work. My sister does like dog training. So none of us have like conventional jobs. But that makes the family dynamic so much fun because you all have such fun stories to share, I bet. Exactly. (laughs) None of us know what a weekend is. Well, and it's just so cool that you do have people in your corner going, yeah, well, why not? Just give it a try. Give it a go. And you have those people in your corner to kind of guide you on that journey. Exactly. Like anything I didn't know about running a business, one of them has to. (laughs) Exactly. So what's kind of your background then? So I actually went to school for audio production engineering. So I'm an audio engineer, um, which if you don't know what that means, that's totally okay. Most people don't. If you've ever seen like the big fancy recording studios and like pictures, videos, movies, whatever, I know how to do all that. That is so cool. I'm a, I'm a radio DJ by trade. So oh, like you do know what I'm talking about. Never I mind. do, but <laughs> most of my listeners don't. So I'm, I'm speaking your language, but it's not very common to the average person. <laughs> I, I'm always used to explaining it. <laughs> I know you really got to dumb it down sometimes. It's like I plug things in. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I make noises pretty. <laughs> Where'd you go to school for that? Uh, the Institute of Production and Recording. Oh, IPR. Yes, IPR. When did you graduate? I graduated in 
2018. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So a while ago now. IPR. Oh my gosh. I actually toured that place. I went to Brown College down in Mendota Heights, but my initial plan was to go to IPR, but my tour guide there looked like Edward Scissorhands and it scared me as a 17-year-old, so then I didn't go there. <laughs> that's that's fair. Oh man, that's so cool that I, I've never actually talked to someone who graduated from there, so this is very full circle for me. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, no, I did. I loved it. It was so much fun. Having that background in audio engineering, I'm I'm just assuming that music was a part of your whole life. Oh, absolutely. I've been a musician for like as long as I can remember. Um, so it made sense to me to go like the production route. I'm a very like techie person. I really like to just make it sound good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then with that, I kind of learned in college just like about records and all of that because I'm of a generation that we didn't really listen to a lot of records but in college I like learned and I fell in love with them so I was like this is awesome so that's sort of what led me to the record shop portion there has been kind of a resurgence with our generation of like rediscovering vinyl because I mean we grew up with mp3 players and iPods and Mm -hmm. we kind of got the tail end of the cassettes and the CDs but for the most part we didn't get to hold our music in our hands and I know for myself like about oh gosh it's been about 10 years now I inherited my grandparents record collection when they passed away and I'm like this is now my entire personality (laughs) (laughs) no I get that have you been seeing kind of a resurgence in like the youth coming into your shop for records now or is it still kind of more of the elder millennials? No, it's actually a lot of youth. I have to be honest with you. So I have a very weird demographic at my store. Most record stores do have an older demographic. I absolutely do not. My main demographic is less than 40 years old. Wow. For the most part. Yeah. That's crazy. I, We do have some older folk in there. I love them dearly, but I would say the vast majority of people buying records in my store are under the age of 40, maybe even 35. Well, and like you can kind of tell that from I'm on your website and I've been on your website time and time again. And the scrolling banner right now is Katy Perry. Uh, We got Troy Sivan in there, Taylor Swift. Uh, I'm seeing Olivia Rodrigo, the Wednesday soundtrack. So yeah, that's skewing a little bit younger. (laughs) No, it absolutely is, which I think is very fun. Um, I'm like, kind of introducing a lot of people to their first records right now and that's it's very cool for me oh that is so sentimental because we all have that memory of like the first record or the first cd we hold in our hands and it's just so special and nostalgic and you never get rid of it (laughs) right and i just i just love it i think it's so much fun i gotta ask you what was that first album for you what was that one that you held in your hands you're like i love this okay i the first album i got like on release day was um taylor swift's red in uh 2012 oh my gosh yeah so before then i had like all her other albums so those are always like my cherished ones for sure and like i was a big fan of gretchen wilson as a small child but i the first one i remember being like no i need this on release day we're going to target mom uh was red (laughs) oh my gosh and what a special album too like we all grew up with that one yeah i love it I still love it. I literally have a tattoo based on that album. Hell yeah. (laughs) For me, the release day album, my first one was the Hannah Montana soundtrack. I love that. My first concert was the Hannah Montana Miley Cyrus double headlining tour. Shut up. No way. No, I know. Tell me all about it. People always, people, okay, people ask me all the time, like, what was your first concert? That's a normal thing to ask someone who owns a record store. And I'm always like, this is, you're going to be embarrassed about the answer. And then I tell them and they all think it's great, which is awesome. But 
<laughs> it is hysterical to have that as my first ever concert. I remember going to school the Monday after that show in Minneapolis. I didn't get to go to it, but some of my friends got to go and they all came in in their concert t-shirts and I was like green with envy. I'm like, there is no way you actually went to that. <laughs> Listen, it was a good show. <laughs> I watch TikTok clips of it all the time. I am so jealous of anyone who got to be there in person. It was it was pretty great. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm so sorry you didn't get to go. That is such an interesting thing that your first concert was that, but you said you like Gretchen Wilson as a kid. What kind of genre did you kind of lean more towards or were you just kind of a I'll listen to anything person? I mean, I'll always kind of listen to whatever, but I'm originally from Kentucky. Okay. Um, And like my parents grew up southern illinois central illinois that kind of areas um where they all like kind of listen to a lot of country music so i grew up on country like classic country for sure as i got older and like lived here pop is definitely more of a thing so i got into that but i really truly would listen to almost anything i don't love progressive doom metal though <laughs> I, that's a tough doom, one to get into you know a couple 12-hour-long studio days listening to only progressive doom metal, and you can never do it again. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds brutal. Yeah, it was, it was fine. <laughs> I'm glad you survived that. We did. We survived. So how did you guys go from, you said your parents were Illinois, you were raised in Kentucky. How'd you guys end up in Buffalo? My dad got a job up here when we I was quite small. I think I was like six or seven or so. Moved to St. Michael, actually, and then... We moved out here five, six, seven years ago. Okay. Buffalo so, yeah. is such a great place. Buffalo is great. Love Buffalo. It's one of those like hidden gems where I'm always kind of jealous of people who live in Buffalo because you're kind of tucked away. You're not in the hustle and bustle of the cities, but you're nice and close to it for easy access to like resources. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's really great. We actually just hosted a Taylor Swift listening party for 1989 Taylor's version that came out. And we had a couple people come from Minneapolis and they're like, wow, we didn't know about Buffalo. We thought we were going to the middle of nowhere, but this is like a place. And I'm like, it is. <laughs> it's a really cute place. Place. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. A, it's always a treat to end up in Buffalo. I think it's worth the day trip. <laughs> it definitely is. How was the release listening party? Oh, it was so much fun. We we always have a great time. I feel like I'm talking about Taylor Swift a lot on this call right now. But I talk about Taylor Swift a, a lot on this podcast, so oh, keep perfect. bringing it up. Because <laughs> I I could talk about Taylor Swift all day long. Um, no, but it was really great. It's Swifties are great people. I love them. <laughs> And there's such a strong presence of them in Minnesota. I didn't realize it until the concert one. I mean, 70,000 of us screaming all too well at the same time. It changes oh, yeah. a person. And, <laughs> and then I joined a group on Facebook called Swiftiapolis 2023. I am genuinely in the same Facebook group. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's so great. Like, I just I didn't realize how many wonderful Taylor Swift fans exist in the state of Minnesota. Yeah, it's absolutely great. So how many people did you guys have at the release party? Uh, I think we had 25 to 30-ish. I don't count. It's a good um, crowd. <laughs> yeah, which I have a, like, physically, our store is quite small. So, like, this was great. <laughs> Out of all the new vault tracks from 1989, which one's your favorite? Oh, it is way too soon to ask me that. Um, What's your I favorite right now? We'll go with that. Right now, it's now that we don't talk. I think that that's one really good one. It's so good. <laughs> I, it's her shortest song ever. Is it really? It is. It's uh, less than three minutes, which is not common in the singer-songwriter world. Artists that 
write their own music have a tendency to write really long songs and they're constantly getting told to shorten them down. So this was it. This was a big deal. Wow. I didn't realize that was her shortest song. It was. It I is. guess I've just been listening to it on a loop, so I don't realize it's so short. <laughs> fair, fair. It feeds into itself really well. Yeah, for sure. We all have that one piece of clothing in our closet where when you put it on, you feel like a rock star, you feel like a million bucks, and when you wear it out and about in public, strangers always come up to you and say, oh my gosh, I love that. Where did you get it? For me, that piece of clothing came from Sweet Bay Boutique in Piers. That piece of clothing is a denim jacket that is covered, like front, sleeves, sides, back, everything, in pinstripe rhinestones. When I wear it, I feel like a walking disco ball, and I love it. It's all I've ever wanted to be. I've been wearing it everywhere lately, and every single time I put it on and I leave the house in it, someone always asks me, where'd you get that? I need that in my closet. And I say, Sweet Bay Boutique and Piers, you've got to go get one for yourself because it is incredible. And while you're there, check out all the other incredible clothes. I'm a huge fan of Sweet Bay Boutique. I have multiple pieces from them now. And everything just makes me feel incredible. Like I put their clothes on and I just feel like I am the version of myself that I'm meant to be. Whether you're looking for something sparkly and flashy like a rhinestone covered jacket, or you're looking for a dress to wear to a wedding, a blazer to wear to work, athleisure wear. They got it all, and it's all at a reasonable price, and it's all locally owned and operated. You got to check out Sweet Bay Boutique for all of your holiday shopping this year. You can shop them online, shopsweetbayboutique.com, or you can find Sweet Bay Boutique on Facebook. Just type in Sweet Bay Boutique or at Sweet Bay Boutique LLC on Instagram. I also have all the details linked in the show notes below. Check out Sweet Bay Boutique for that next statement piece that you're looking for or your everyday wear. got the store started and when was the official opening date for you uh so we opened september 7th of 2022 oh so So we're just over a year now yeah we just passed a year mark which is uh always a win for a business yeah for sure especially one with a physical location yes because we were our physical location for several months only before we went online with the records too so we were doing the brick and mortar like fully for a while That's crazy because that's kind of backwards from where everyone else seems to be starting lately. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think I've done everything just like a little bit weird, but it's all worked out. So, you know, (laughs) there's something to be said for carving your own path. Exactly. You can definitely say it's a unique business model. So what's it like from going, okay, what if we opened this store to actually going about and like getting product in? Where do you go to buy records? So distributors, mostly. Basically, here's like, if you want to get into like the back portion of this, labels send the records to distributors, record stores order from those distributors. There are some like record stores that like, if you get big enough, you can order directly from the labels. I am not that. So I'm ordering from my distributors and it's great. How do you get in contact with the distributors? Do you just Google like distributors near me? Well, it's kind of tricky. I'm not going to lie to you because they don't, they're all wholesale, right? So they don't have like publicly facing websites. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of research, went down like a lot of Reddit forums just to get like names that I could Google. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because once you have names, you can definitely find them. And getting approved was like a whole other process because a lot of them didn't want to sell to like a, like a record store that hadn't opened yet, which like fair, that's 
a risk, right? Yeah, it's uh, kind of a gamble, but it's fine. Nothing. Um, <laughs> so I ended up making sure that I like really bulked out my social media and started doing like a really like like good job on that so that when I was going to these distributors and this is like before I even opened I was like look at look at what I can look at what I can do though look at how official this looks and that helped me it's kind of one of those fake it till you make it situations you know what and it really was (laughs) it really was and I did have like a personal connection in with like a big brand Crosley that does like a lot of audio equipment and stuff like that. So I was able to get an account with them pretty easily just because I like knew people there. Um, That's pretty high up to be working with Crosley. I mean, yeah, a little bit, but it's a family friend, like was one of their like lead buyers. So I was like, hey, Jim, you want to help me out? And he's all about who you know. (laughs) It really is. The music industry is truly all about who you know the whole time. (laughs) That's insane. So you had your opening day. And then what has response kind of been like just in person and online this past year? Really, really good. I was I was unsure when we first opened our doors because this is a place like you really don't find anywhere, let alone in Buffalo, Minnesota. So it was definitely like branching into new territory, but the community has been like so receptive. I've heard a lot of really great things. And that's always a win for me. So I guess if people don't like it, they're not telling me and that I'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> they can keep those thoughts to themselves. Exactly. I don't want to hear it. Thank you. <laughs> so you do some fun TikTok packing videos. Yes. How did that come about? Just did it happen by accident or did you always plan to do that kind of thing? Is the, the wonderful world of TikTok is you never know where it's going, right? I knew that like to reach the demographic of people like myself, I'm on TikTok, so I should be making TikToks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was just making them about the store, like when we'd get new things in or just like funny little trending sounds, whatever I was doing. And then Record Store Day in April happened because there's two big Record Store Day uh, events. And so the April Record Store Day was the first one I could participate in. I got approved for all of that. And I started making videos about that. The thing about Record Store Day is it's a absolute huge event for the record community um, and people who like already know and love vinyl. They're well aware of this event. The people who didn't totally know about this event were the younger people just getting into it. So I was making TikToks, someone who's around their age, telling them about this thing that they're newly getting into. And people uh, loved that. And the TikToks started doing really, really well. And I was like, oh, we should be online now. So that's when we created like the the website uh, followed right there in June. And we just kept making TikToks about it and people kept liking them. That's awesome. Did you yeah, get so- like the Taylor Swift record store day release and all that? Were you? I I did. So what the ha- the thing that happened though is that we we ordered the records for records today like long before the event. So I had all of the records like ordered, had them in for weeks. You can't really order more after that. Okay. Then the TikTok started doing well. So I definitely didn't order enough, but we learned. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's all a learning curve. Your first year, especially. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it can only get better from here, you know. There was one, what was the one that I wanted? Oh, the Bluey soundtrack from Record Store Day last April. I didn't. I didn't even order the Bluey. I had no idea the demand. The demand for that was insane. Like It was insane. And I got so many questions on it. And I'm like, I don't even know what, I had to Google what Bluey was. <laughs> I only know yeah, because yeah. I have nieces. 
that's fair. See, I this was pre me having a niece, so I no idea. I like didn't associate with that many children. And the so crazy part is like confused. all the adults wanted that one too. Right? Well, it was cool. Okay. Objectively, it was a very cool record. I believe it was pressed on a zoetrope, which basically means there's a picture on the actual vinyl and when it spins, it looks like it's moving. Yeah, it was awesome. Like the pictures. So that's very I mean, it's a cool record. I wanted it just to hang it on my wall. <laughs> Honestly, that's fair. That's totally valid. Oh, totally normal for a 28-year-old woman. <laughs> eh, is what it is. You, you would have been really cool with your nieces then. I would have, yeah. And that's all I want is the brownie points with the four-year-olds. No, I listen, I get it. I'm also on a personal journey to be the coolest aunt possible. So we're going to get there. You are leaps and bounds ahead. If you own a record store, like <laughs> you're automatically the cool aunt. Uh, yeah, but hear me out. My sister's still a dog trainer. That's Ooh, dog she's benefit. She's got the puppies. Dang it. And my sister-in-law also has some pretty cool sisters. So there's a lot of competition, Ooh. but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> you got your work cut out for you, but I have I all do. the faith in the world in you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So speaking of record store day, we got the next record store day is Black Friday, right? Yes. So records today, Black Friday happening, you know, on Black Friday, which I think is the 24th this year. So what so, is going on for that? How are you preparing? TikToks. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, <laughs> but like not kidding. I mean, kidding, not kidding. It's a, it's just part of the job now, I guess. So we, all our orders have been placed. I'm currently just trying to make room for everything, devise a plan on how in one night we're going to set everything up because <laughs> it is kind of a lot of like changeover that has to happen that night. Like it's a big, it's a big to do for sure. But I'm really out here. Not a lot of people know about the Record Story Black Friday event. It is the smaller of the two events. And so I'm out here just making sure people are informed that like, hey, this is a really cool thing that's happening really soon. And if you are curious about records today and want to experience one, this is probably a good one to experience first because it's a little bit smaller, a little less overwhelming, and you can kind of really be prepared for next April too. So yeah, I didn't get the word out. I didn't even know that there was a Black Friday record store day. And like I said, I've been in the vinyl world for about 10 years now. So it's great that you are making these TikToks and informing people because now I am prepared for it. <laughs> okay, fair. Also, though, um, we should probably explain what Record Store Day is, huh? Yeah, probably for everyone who's <laughs> unaware. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. Not everyone knows about it. Record Store Day, the idea behind it is this is going to be a long winded explanation. I'm so sorry about that. It's a podcast. <laughs> Go as long as you want. Okay, fair enough. I talk a lot. I, you sh I should have warned you that in the email. But anyway, Record Store Day, it was founded quite a few years ago. I want to say 15, 16 years ago, but my fact might not be totally accurate there. Um, but the idea behind it was big box stores are able to get like really cool exclusive records sometimes. Think like Target always has their exclusive records. Urban Outfitters tends to do that. Walmart does sometimes. But an independently owned record shop, like I couldn't order the quantity needed to do that out of like my one little store but they have millions of stores that they can fill right so the idea behind record store day is for all the independently owned record stores to get together and be able to get ourselves exclusive records like that to give people a reason to like come to our shops and to support small and to support indie and it's also like a really awesome community builder where we just get to get people who love 
collecting records and love music together, like in one room, just like really excited about that. So that is the idea behind it. It's really an event geared towards supporting your local record stores um, and shopping small, which is all of the good things I know this podcast is about. Yeah, it um, is. So that's, that's the basic idea of it. In April, we get a list of around 300 titles, which are titles, different records, different albums that we are getting exclusively into indie record stores. Uh, for this Black Friday event, I think we have just shy of 200 somewhere in there. Um, I didn't like count, <laughs> but somewhere in that range. And it's all kinds of different genres. We're getting everything from like Olivia Rodrigo to I wrestled a bear once. Um, so we're getting a lot of really cool stuff in. That's a wide spectrum. <laughs> There's a, they do it on purpose. They try to have something for everyone. So like we've got classic rock, We've got some R&B and hip hop. We've got pop coming in. We've got like folk. We've got Noah Khan coming. So it's a huge variety of music so that there's really something for everyone. And speaking of Noah Khan, oh my God, love him. No, I know. I love Noah Khan. I think like every woman between the ages of like 20 and 40 has a massive crush on him right now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so how do you look, you see, you get this list in the mail or email, whatever it comes in. How do you decide what you're going to bring into your store? Great question. Um, so here's what I did in April, um, because I genuinely at that point was so new to like ordering records for a store that I was like, I don't know, this is a huge list. I do not know how to do this. So what I did is I made a Google form and I typed out every single record on that list and I sent it to all of my social medias and I'm like customers tell me what you're looking for so I know how to order this and they did which was awesome Aww. so then it gave me kind of like a like a cheat sheet of like all right well more people are looking for this record than that record so I'll order more of these less of that one and it actually worked out really well and like we're not allowed to do pre-orders or holds so this list is like it benefits my customers almost none personally to do this, but it helps me a lot. And they they support me and care about me enough to make my life a little bit easier. And in turn, I'm ordering the records more of them want. And so I guess it does kind of make their life a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, a pain in the butt to make a Google form with 200 titles on it. But yeah. how worth it, man, that is it's so worth it. I basically just have like a cheat sheet when ordering. I'm like, all right, this many of these, this many of those. <laughs> That's so smart. Oh my gosh. I gave yeah, you major which, like, We're not guaranteed to get all of those records when we order them. We actually don't know how many records we're getting until like the days leading up to the event. Seriously? But it does give us a way to start. Yeah. It's so here's, I guess, a couple more like behind the scenes type things for you. All the records have like a set amount that they pressed. So if you go actually on the Records Today website, it'll tell you they pressed 5,000 of these, 20,000 of these. Like it'll tell you exactly how many they pressed. Okay. Um, and so we all have, we get the list. Around two weeks later, we have to submit our orders and we, we order everything that we think we're going to want. And then it goes to our distributors and they allocate them out. So kind of, they all have their own like ways they do this and I'm not like privy to their actual process, but they basically decide who gets how many until they're gone. Wow, they're just playing God. <laughs> yeah, basically. So like there, let's pretend there's a hundred of a record pressed, which there's gonna be much more of that for all of them and two, hundred were ordered by different record stores. Well, now everyone's only getting half their order. Mm -hmm. Pick your favorites. Basically, they, they try to be very fair about it. And I have some really amazing reps that uh, do a really good job with it. So, but yeah, we don't actually know how much we're getting until like the couple, like until they arrive, basically. 
Wow. that is, And then, like you said, you got to set up overnight. Luckily, you do come from a family of entrepreneurs and business people. So they're probably all cool with going and setting up after Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. This is going to be our first Record Show Black Friday event, but they all helped out in April. It was kind of a all hands on deck situation. Uh, we locked the doors the night before and just tore the shop to shreds. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. Like, it's got to be kind of fun and exhilarating, exhausting, but exhilarating. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. And April was our first one. So it was very cool to like prep this having no idea what to expect. And the community really turned out for us. So hopefully they'll do it again this Black Friday. Yes, everyone go and support. It's so important. (laughs) Are there any special like pressings that you're personally excited for? I'm going to get my hands on the Noah Khan pressing if it kills me. <laughs> Luckily, you do have a little inside source to get I that. do have, um, I do, I'm going to be first in line for sure. Um, <laughs> no one can really get in without me. So I do kind of have my pick, which I'm not going to lie to you. Very nice that uh, I don't really have to stress about it too much. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. I'm definitely going to be grabbing that one. Um, and also the Sia Christmas album that's coming out is very cool. Sia's got a Christmas album coming out? Yeah, it's gonna, um, I, you know, honestly, the album might be out. I don't 100% know, but it's getting pressed to vinyl for Records to Black Friday. Oh, is um, it the Every Day is Christmas album? Is that yeah, coming to vinyl? So, yes. And the pressing is like very cool. It's like a white clear with like red splatter on it. It's, it's very pretty. Oh, that it sounds like so a candy cane. That's so perfect for Black Friday because then you can listen to it all Christmas season. Exactly. We've got a lot of good Christmas stuff coming. Um, for Records to Black Friday. That's awesome. So if people want to stay up to date with kind of what's going on with Indie Earth as you get ready for this event and as you get ready for the holiday season, where can they follow you? Oh, you can follow me on every social media that exists. We are at Indie underscore Earth on most things at Indie indie underscore Earth with another underscore on Instagram because they wouldn't let me have my handle. Boo, Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, it's like someone already has it, but they're not using the account. That's the worst. I I know, but I didn't know how to like obtain it. So now I don't have it. (laughs) Oh, you just work with what you got. It's fine. If you type in Indie Earth, it comes up. You'll see the like little record with the Earth logo. You know you're there. Yep. And I'll have everything linked in the show notes as well. So if you want an easy access, just scroll down on this podcast and click all the links down there. Perfect. (laughs) Aaliyah, this was such a pleasure. I could talk to you for days and days about music and records. And I got to make my way to Buffalo and meet you in person. Oh, absolutely. We'll have to do this again sometime. (laughs) Yes, for sure. If there's a big album that comes out, if, if there is a second 1989, like they keep saying, we'll do something in person for it. Okay, I would like to, I'll break the rumors here. As far as I'm aware, there is not. (sighs) And if there was, it would make every record store owner you know very stressed. (laughs) (laughs) If she does do it, hopefully she waits till after the holidays so you guys are a little more calm. Fair. If she does do it, I hope she just tells us in advance. (laughs) A little heads up from Taylor would be nice. (laughs) Can we just call her up? (laughs) Oh, wouldn't that be a dream? It really would be. Awesome. Well, Aaliyah, thank you so much for taking the time to call me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me on. This was so much fun. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Small Town Tourist Podcast. A huge thank you to our sponsor, Sweet Bay Boutique. Be sure to check out that boutique in Piers, Minnesota. All the details are in the show notes below. If you're looking for more content from the Small Town Tourist, you can always find me at the Small Town Tourist on Instagram or at thesmalltowntourist.com. If you know something cool that I should look further into, be sure to send me an email, abby, A-B-B-E-Y, at thesmalltowntourist.com.